Yes, 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 yes. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of It's Not That Deep, bro. And we're back. Episode 30. That's right. The big 3 and <laughs> oh, 30. We're close to that age. Jack, what do you think? We've surpassed our own ages in episodes now. So that's we have. That's quite that's something to note. And yeah, 30. That, that that's quite substantial. It is. I'm it sure, is. in fact, I know for a fact that there is now enough content for you as a listener to listen to me and Martin for over an entire day. There's more than 24 hours worth of our our voices wow. available to people now. Wow. That's a big big goal that is it is I mean, it's it, you know you can really get a picture of who me and martin are through our body of work at this point that's right but let's add another one to the uh to the list to the to the ranks yeah let's why do why not right for so martin the I'm, new people that are listening oh here we go <laughs> we've got the randy master four thousand to help us randomize Every film that we watch from now on. The trusty tool that allows us to randomly select an entry from the grand list of films that we choose our uh, <clears throat> our films from. That's right, and don't you fucking forget it. I believe it's my Let's turn to press the button. So without further ado, Martin, can I get a countdown? We're going in five, four, three, two. One, and the film we are watching is... American Graffiti by George Lucas. Wow, George yeah, Lucas. Yeah, George Lucas, man, 1973. That was, so this is before... This is pre... Star Wars. Uh, well, let's just, uh, let's 100%. I've, something tells me Star Wars was 1970, but I could be really... 77, wasn't it? Oh, see, you're you're probably... That sounds right, man. That sounds correct. Star Wars, um, yeah, 77, you're right. So this is four years before Star Wars. I thought so. 77, 79. I don't know. It'll be, yeah. And then Return of the Jedi is probably in the 80s. Um, but yeah, this will be interesting, man. He made a couple of films before he started doing the Star Wars thing. And they're all quite different. And this one... I think Does I'd, it have I'd, to do with anything with space? <laughs> um, I think this film's going to be more like Dazed and Confused than it is Star Wars. Oh, right. I'm put, excited. Put it like did, that. I don't know too much about it. I did like Dazed and Confused. So, so, so uh, that's the vibe that I'm aware that this film kind of gives off. So, um, yeah, get yourself a copy of American Graffiti and any sort of condiments that you might want to supplement your experience. Get yourself in a nice comfy position and get ready for American Graffiti. Thank you, guys.
We've just finished watching American Graffiti mm. by George Lucas. 1973. 1973. Mm. What do you think? You know... That movie really warmed my heart. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a good story. We haven't had one of them in a while. It's like a it was wholesome. straight up snapshot of the late 50s, early 60s. You know, you mm. get it's like 24 hours in a time period. It's uh, <laughs> that whole time I was like, these kids are rich as fuck. Well, they're all middle class and white, yeah. <laughs> like. All of them have cars, except for that one guy. And they just all got, like, money to drive them around all night. And do um, nothing. Yeah, well, I mean, and do nothing, petrol yeah. back then would have been... So cheap. Like, chicken feed, <laughs> like that sort of cheap. Um, and they're all either graduating high school and going to college. And it, it's that, you know, end of the semester sort of vibe where everyone is... Everyone knows one another, and it's bittersweet because it's like the best of times and the worst of times because everyone's leaving, but it means everyone gets to like celebrate and and uh, for the last time, you know, it's always weird when all your friends go off to uni and you you come back at Christmas and you see one another, but it doesn't feel the same. It's not the good old days, is it? No, you know, it's, no. it's talking about the good old days. Yeah. Um. So, but let's find out. Gone. Look it up. Was this based on a true film? Well, yeah, we get a little bit of information about the characters at the end of the film that would lead one to believe that this film has some grounding in uh, reality. So let's let's have a gander. They must be so old by now. American Graffiti, nineteen seventy-three. Set in Modesto, California in 1962, the film is a study of the cruising and early rock and roll cultures popular among Lucas's age group at that time. Um, you know... So, so, well, yeah, you, you don't, which <laughs> is don't. why I'm looking. Yeah, I think what the situation seems to be oh okay 100% so those character bios it's not based on a true story uh, it's not. those okay. character bios at the end are simply to tie up narrative ends oh so I see okay alright yeah and the um, Steve is actually played by Ron Howard who um, Ron Howard yeah I don't want to just get this wrong um, who directed Solo the Star Wars film. Han Solo. Yeah, or yeah. just Solo, the, yeah. the one that came out. Um, known for the Da Vinci. Steve. Yeah, the Da Vinci Code he made. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, so he's he was very young in that film. I've never seen him that young. Um, Richard Dreyfus played um, Kurt Henderson, who yeah. is known for... Oh, we've seen him in Close Encounters. Ah, I knew I seen him somewhere. Yeah, I knew he, it. he's in Jaws. Um, so he he's very well I've known. You not seen Jaws? No, no that'd be interesting, man. Um, what did you think of that film? Like I said at the beginning, very wholesome. Um, the the whole like aesthetics of it seems like 
every person is a good person in that film. There were no like no bad guys. Um every everyone sort of like had a role to play in the whole night that was happening. It didn't get dark. It didn't. No. Really. That, it that kept it, there were hints of it and whatnot. And you know, some Especially when um what's his name? Milner. Well you don't know if John Milner he he's an interesting character because obviously like he comes off as the the jock, the cool, yeah. the guy who th- yeah. thinks a lot of himself, and y- he turns out to be quite a genuine guy. I think. Yeah, yeah. By the, by the end, after I feel like it's more because of the fact that he spent that whole night with that younger girl, so he sort sort of had to like had a. Um, it was a different night. Elder, elderly brother sort of vibe. Do you know what I mean? So like, he he protected her throughout the night. Then sort of like at the end for uh, well he okay. gave her she was being stubborn, uh in the sense that she wanted a bit of adventure that night, mm-hmm. but yeah. then at the same time, kind of wanted it to be on her terms and and he read that situation very well, and he you know gave her a little bit of what she wanted, a bit of attention, yeah, but then instantly she regretted it well yeah she he he gauged it. her response and said, "Well, let me take you home then." You know, sort of thing. Yeah. So, so yeah. It, that, it, I guess, is quite a sign of emotional maturity um, from a character who could be just like a hot-headed jock that, you know, has no morals and and all the rest of it. Like, you remember Dazed and Confused? It was quite a while ago we watched yeah, it. Yeah, I mean... Um, it's I'd... like Ben Affleck's character in that, but a good guy. <laughs> Ben Affleck in Dazed and Confused just plays a complete cock mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. with no, he's not humble at all or he's he's just very obnoxious. And, oh yeah, John Milner walks that tightrope but manages to come off a lot more likable. He's almost like the main character of the film in a sense. Yeah, you see a lot of him compared to like, other characters. He's got a bit of like a, a cowboy vibe, like a yeah, the the ranger of the town. Everyone knows John Milner. Yeah, everyone knows him. It's like, even them them people that were holding um, Kurt Henderson, the Pharaohs. Yeah, the Pharaohs. <laughs> he like even them. They're like, ah, oh, John is gonna beat him or whatever. Yeah, talking. he should have then said, "I know John Milner." What are you doing? Yeah, you know he, pr- I mean? he probably should have said that. But at the end, even then, that's like another time with the Pharaohs where it, you know, you, you're kind of worried for Kurt <laughs> and what's going to yeah, happen to him. Yeah. But he gets, he kind of has a decent night with the Pharaohs, all things considered, how it could have gone. Yeah. Put I, him in a few tough spots. But he's now in the Pharaohs. But he's now a member. But then I, I question the legitimacy of, maybe the Pharaohs do just want, other people like them you know and you have to do something that's going to incriminate you to be a member and but then i also just questioned whether the next day they'd just bully him again you know what i mean i don't think so because it's part of their their group and if they're like they get and the next a day they'd new be member. Like, well, if they get a new member and then they just bully him, then there's... Well, I could imagine the them just being like, ha, you thought you could be a tunnel snake. You thought, um, 
A pharaoh. What's a tunnel snake? They're from Fallout. I was going to bring them up earlier. I was going to bring them up a second ago. It's on my mind. Oh, my God. The pharaohs remind me of the tunnel snakes. Wow. Tunnel snakes rule. Um, But (laughs) I was was questioning whether the next day they'd be like, you think what you've got uh, got what it takes to be a pharaoh? And then just wedge him or something like that. And nah, I don't. Over. I don't think. Well, you'd hope for Kurt's of sake course, that yeah. now he has some perks of being a pharaoh. You know, they you wouldn't know. let him go if they if it was like that. Because, I mean? well, I guess it depends how they view him. Because, like Terry, that his name, Toad Terry. Yeah. Um, the glasses guy. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that would happen to him. Like they. Yeah. They'd mug him off, but they they might yeah. respect Kurt a little bit more. Another that's another good point with John Milner that he still bullies Toad and Terry to an extent, but also has his back. Yeah, completely, mm-hmm. which is another sign of like a good individual. It's like, no, no, that's the kid I bully. You can't bully him. Like, <laughs> 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 but I, that whole <laughs> obviously throughout the film, you see what each character has gone through that night. Mm. And I feel like Toad is the most, like, controversial ending to his, like, little story compared to, like... He has a decent night. He does, All things considered. Yeah. (laughs) So one of those... I'm going to find myself saying that a lot, I think, all things considered, because... What gets me is, obviously, at the end of his, like, sort of story... Mm. She goes, oh, if I'm not doing anything tomorrow. Call me. Call me. She didn't leave a phone number, bro. Oh, she yeah, but just back, then, back then, you it's a different deal. Like, everyone, there's a telephone directory for the village. Like, in the same way, there, there were lots of things in that film that could, like, never happen now. Like, go into a radio station and be like, ring this payphone. My name's Kurt. I'm yeah. waiting for you. Shit like that. Like, yeah. you couldn't really yeah, do that yeah. today. Or, like, being at the airport next to the... The plane. The plane. Although I have, well, maybe you can drive your cars up like they had, but there's definitely still times when you can be that close to, like, the plane and boarding. It's just, like, unique boarding circumstances. Like what? No, but the way that they were doing it, it couldn't happen like that anymore. You couldn't drive your cars up like they No, you couldn't do that. No. And then the plane had propellers as well, which was, like, (laughs) fuck. Um, Something I've really loved about this film and it kind of relates to everyone knowing each other in this small little town yeah is the the radio was like a character in this film because mm-hmm. obviously you've got this wolfman jack character who again i'm gonna <clears throat> talk about fallout a lot in this episode because we have a common ground of enjoying fallout and there's a lot that's of right parallels that can be made here but he's the three dog of the situation yeah. Or Mr. New Vegas or whatever. Dorito. And um there's they've done something to the radio and the sound, the audio mixing in this film to achieve this feeling that everywhere is playing the same radio station. So like yeah, the yeah. the the burger stand, all the cars, and because you can hear like four versions of it playing over the top of one another, mm-hmm. which is incredible because that's what it would have been like. Everyone knows one another in this small town. They all eat the same food. They all listen to the same radio station because they all go to the same school. It's very, um, it creates this atmosphere 
where you don't even need to ask, are you listening to The Wolfman? Like, yeah, obviously yeah. you're listening you, to the Wolfman. Of course, yeah. I feel like it was the only radio though, so like there was no well, other radio. Well, yeah, you probably have like you probably would have other radios, but it'd be like maybe one for sports, maybe one for like a drama, a soap or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, and they're the, you know the kids would find them all fairly boring, and then you've got the Wolfman like ah! <laughs> like doing all that shit, and like that to the kids would be like the dang- the um, Shelley's sister. Yeah. Yeah, Shelly's sister. I'm getting good with these names, man. You are, man. You are. Shelly's sister um, even says my mum won't let me, or my dad won't let me listen to the wolf, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so she you, says that. So you yeah. know that it's kind of considered that after dinner, naughty sort of show that would be on mm-hmm. that the kids would find cool. And it, there was something about, that was like my favourite part of the film, how the, it d- doesn't matter where you were, that radio station was playing... And it just continues. The music in it, though, as well. Holy shit. I mean, it had everything. It had Buddy Holly. It had Chuck Berry. It had Del Sharon. It had fucking the Beach Boys. It had Elvis Presley. Oh, man. I love... It's actually a nice middle ground, because me and Martin, we agree on, you know, like uh, some hip-hop. That's like maybe the music that we'd talk about the most yeah yeah but then over time over knowing martin i've i've found that martin loves kind of 50s and 60s love songs and big band yeah that's right orchestration jazzier stuff so Mm -hmm. and that is some common ground we have with music and it's just the way it sounded back then it's just we'll see it's it was all there soon with me releasing music you will be able to see my love for that era mm-hmm. of uh, of songs but it's it's very there's a it's pure emotion in them it's like sounds like love you know what i mean it sounds like love or, is in the air or wanting a longing and putting all these men just wailing about how they feel about their one true love with these beautiful instrumentations uh, it's uh adds to the whole which bittersweet vibe which story do you think you relate to the most <laughs> well, relate to. oh re- <sighs> i say relate so like is more relatable nowadays than back then if you're talking about the one that i instantly gravitated towards like which one do I identify with? Then yeah. it's a tough one. I mean, because I Toad's Night is like a real. It makes you want to jump in the air with your fist in the air. It's like, yeah, he triumphed over what everyone thought of him. Yeah, which yeah. is which is nice to see. But then I do love John Milner's whole arc of is he a dick? Is he not? You know, is he, and that was very interesting. There's not really a bad arc in this film. I thought Carl had a well good night, um, ups and downs with the pharaohs and trying to find this girl. And Who? He has his ups and downs with the pharaohs. Yeah, yeah but who did you say his name was? Have I mixed Carl and Steve up? <laughs> Kurt. Kurt. <laughs> yes. Wow. <laughs> who, who, who's Carl? Yeah, who is Carl? <laughs> um, yeah, I thought Kurt had a great night. Um, wow. Hmm, 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 hmm. 
I think I liked that Kurt's night or Kurt's story ended kind of uh, up in the air, literally. <laughs> he was yeah he was up in the air, but then he, I, it was he'd been questioning the whole film whether he was going to stay or not. And yeah. there was a lot of talk about that whether it's better to become a John Milner of a place you know, rooted in the same place, but everyone knows who you are and ascend to the top of your local patch or whether to flap your wings and go on to, to greener pastures. And uh, I suppose that's like the theme of the film, really. It's like everyone deciding. There's that whole um, little spiel that Laurie says about um, why do we grow up to and build a life with our family that we grow up with and then move to start a new one. It yeah. seems like such a waste of time. And I thought that was a an interesting sentiment. Um, it's, it's funny to like how you see Steve at the beginning of the film being so like affirmative to like, we're going, we have to go. We have to leave this town. And yeah. And then also we, saying to Laurie like, yeah, we should date other people. Yeah, we're trying to yeah, set yeah, this coffee yeah. situation. And then up. by the end of it, he's just like, I'll never leave you now, stay here. And then John's the one, John, Kurt is the <laughs> one um, in the beginning going, ah, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. I'm not going to go. But then he changes his mind to actually going. Yeah. You know what I mean? Another thing about this film that I sort of noticed throughout, throughout it no swearing. Everything, like, they were hints of, like, swear words, but, like, they didn't sort of, like, uh, yeah. go uh, with it. You didn't get any like, hard F. So. No, he's like, go <laughs> suck a duck. Yeah, we've got go the... suck a duck, yeah. you marblehead. Yeah. That <laughs> <laughs> was very, uh, every time very, somebody... very of the era, that insult. Every time somebody fucking tried to to say something mean or whatever, they were always... Using like we didn't get a shit even. No. Wow. No. I wonder what classification this film has. Like PG, twelve. What you what what do you what would you reckon? I'm saying PG. You say PG. Let's have a gander. You can get away with a fuck in a PG film. Can you? Yeah, you're allowed a fuck, and it's got to be like, so like Bruce Almighty, that's a PG, and he says fuck in that. <laughs> It's oh, a big wow. deal, films that say... Just fuck. one? Yeah, you're allowed one. <laughs> but then I don't think you're allowed to say any other swear words in the whole film. I think it, no like... shit. Yeah, no. yeah. I think it... it uh, Rubbish. It, like, fills up your quota. One whole fuck. <laughs> no dickhead. Um, it's actually quite difficult to find a... <laughs> a a website that's going to tell me this. Um, oh, so... It's an R-rated movie. It'd be considered like a 15. What? Yeah, yeah. You've got to think it shows underage drinking. It does, yeah. It shows talk of like rape and it shows like... Oh, yeah, yeah. It does say rape. Would would you consider that a... I wouldn't call it a swear word, but no. I'd also call it like not a word that probably people under 12 should be hearing too much about. Mm -hmm. But then I am so looking... BPG. So it's like R. Maybe it was R-rated in America when it came out, but when it gets released on DVD today, it's a PG. Is it? Yeah. Okay. But I'm seeing many different DVD covers with different 
ratings on here, to be fair. So maybe they just put it over. So maybe it's changed over the years since it's been out. Because, mm-hmm. like... That's been out. That's been out quite... It's been out, like, 50 years at yeah. this point, and, you know, shit's changed since then. Um, but you are right. It was very... PG. Innocent. In yeah. Its, um, just the whole... Like, even, like, all the colours and everything were, like... I feel well, like... I mean, it's worth... very... Uh, they were very... centred towards kids, I guess. Mm. Um, I guess I'd say that this film was set pre... The whole like pre Beatles basically, so music and si- the si- the summer of love and psychedelia hadn't happened yet. You know what I mean? There wasn't sort of um, hippies yet, and people like that. So in Dazed and Confused, you've got like metalheads with long hair, and you've got sort of I don't know. Everyone in Dazed and Confused is like smoking weed all the time, and and whatnot, which is it's the same tale. It's just it's literally like the same as Dazed and Confused, the end of the school year, and it's that day being captured. But you see what the different eras are like because pre, pre like the Beatles happening. This is set in sixty two. Um, it was a lot more of an innocent time. We hadn't been to the moon yet. You know all sorts of. So stuff. you're saying past moon landing on the moon. Everything descended into chaos. Um, well, if you look at the trajectory, but in this point, like heavy metal music doesn't exist. No, no, no. distorted guitars at all. No. Like some of the music that you were hearing in this would be cons- like, the, well, you know, the Wolfman's Radio Show being a thing that you wouldn't tell your parents you listen to. Of course, now not, it's like. Wolfman, PG what? stuff. Yeah, what the Wolfman was saying, but back yeah. then that would have scared people, would have scared parents and stuff. And yeah, into turning their kids into some sort of the like devil. It was all very Christian junkie. back then too. Yeah, so yeah. it was all about like that's why everyone's wearing crosses, cardigan sweaters, and crosses and shit. Yeah, that, the girl that Toad's with when he he kisses her for the first, or he goes to kiss her, and he kind of like pulls back, and you think that he's buggered it all up but then she says wait a minute and she takes her crucifix off and then kisses him (laughs) (laughs) so there'd be a lot of guilt like that if like being raised in like a christian family and then you know the kids of the time being introduced into this culture that was happening all the young people wanting to drink and dance and and whatnot you'd you'd have to fight that in your head oh i'm going against everything mum and dad have taught me and everything you know that they believe in sort of thing and that's what I'm saying. Kids don't care about that shit anymore. But then, really would have considered that. Yeah, yeah. It would have been a big thing. Because even, obviously, at the start, they're like, look, we're, we're not we're not children anymore. We're young adults. We've got to... Yeah, but that was just him trying it yeah, on. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But still... They're all still just kids, mm-hmm. really, in that film. What? The person who played Toad. Yeah. What's he been in? I feel like he's played other nerds. Put it like that. Let's find <laughs> out. <laughs> yeah. He looks very typecast for the Who nerd knows? role. Maybe this is his only role. I would be very surprised if that's the case. So, 
and it's not his only role. Um, so this was his fifth film. He's called Charles Martin Smith. Great name. I'm just trying to find some films that you will have heard of. Um, to which I'm not seeing a lot, Martin. Um, <laughs> have you seen any films? That not really. I'm. I'm. There's films that are on our list. What are, What are the latest films he's been in? That's what I'm saying, man. You won't have heard of these films. Dolphin's Tale. I've heard of Dolphin's Tale. Um, I've not. Have you not? No. It's about winter a bottlenose dolphin that was rescued in 2005 and taken into an aquarium she lost her tail after becoming entangled with a rope attached to a crab trap and then was fitted with a prosthetic tail and then he was in dolphin's tail 2 that was his next film <laughs> which i'm assuming is are, they, are these delays are you going yeah yeah these are like from this is 2011 dolphin's tail 1 then the next film he makes in 2014 is dolphin's tail 2 yeah then 2019, he's in a film called A Dog's Way Home. Right. Oh, shit. He actually directed these films as well, as starred in them. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, he's directed. Has he made, a, has he made some money with these films? Because some of them, um, no. Well, this is what I'm saying. Some of, the, based upon what I'm looking at here, he's directed a lot of TV movies that seem shit. <laughs> I'm I'm not one to comment. We've not watched, uh, you know, Charles Martin Smith's directorial True. output. True. But no, he doesn't actually seem to have played many other nerds, which surprised me because he he fit that role really well. Hey, you can't judge a book by its cover. But maybe I'll find his uh, niche. No, his most highly rated film. Let's see what Letterbox would consider his magnum opus to be. Um, and see if we know it. Yeah, maybe maybe we add that to the list, you know, because you've taken a liking to this man. I have. I don't know why. Um, well, do, well, you asked me. You asked me which one of these stories I empathised and got the most. Yeah. Uh, for you, which one would you say you resonate? Which storyline resonated with you the most? Hmm. Probably the. The Kurt Henderson story. Mm. Just because <sighs> that's how I feel like I would be in those situations. You know what I mean? Like, take you don't take it as it comes. You don't watch Seinfeld, do you? No. It's a, it's a uh, sitcom. I'm sure you're aware of it. Yeah, yeah, um, I am. It's about a man called Jerry Seinfeld, who's a stand-up comedian, and he has a best friend called George Costanza. And George Costanza is just... Uh, <laughs> can't work out why everything in the world is against him. <laughs> He's very like, for God's sakes, why is this happening today? To me, of all people! <laughs> That's like George's stick. It's always Costanza. <laughs> like If something goes wrong, it's Costanza. Mm -hmm. um, and he reminded me a lot of George Costanza. Who could? Yeah, yeah. Because he's very like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening now, like sort of thing. He was in disbelief at certain situations and that, I, I like it. It's, it's a funny mannerism. So what is his most... So he 
starred in a film the same year that this film came up called Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid, which is a Western. And that's a very highly rated film. At... Three, oh, oh it's on, I'm looking at it on Letterboxd, yeah. and it's got an average of 3.8 out of 5. And that's his high. That's the highest rated. rated film. Then, 87, he was in a film called The Untouchables, which Liam Cook has seen. Okay. Um, and that was directed by Brian De Palma, who also directed Scarface and Mission Impossible. So, that's a pretty big film. Then, American Graffiti. Um... Yeah, there's a few films there, but I, I shall possibly add Pat Garrett, Billy the Kid, and The Untouchables to our list because they look... They look cool. Yeah, they look decent films. What year did they come out? Um, so the Pat Garrett and Billy the Kid came out the same year as this, 73, and then The Untouchables came out in 87. The Untouchables. Sounds fun. I'll give you a brief synopsis. Yeah, go want, on. Just so we can... Why not? Maybe set up a future episode. Young Treasury agent Elliot Ness arrives in Chicago and is determined to take down Al Capone. But it's not going to be easy because Capone has the police in his pocket. Ness meets Jimmy Malone, a veteran patrolman and probably the most honorable honorable one on the force. He asks Malone to help him get Capone, but Malone warns him that if he goes after Capone, he is going to war. Why the hell are there one character called Malone and the other one called Capone. <laughs> that is ridiculous. <laughs> you said Malone and Capone so Malone, many times. Capone, Malone. <laughs> like, oh, God. Jesus Christ. Um, so, yeah, the Untouchables. So maybe Malone and Capone. You will see a future episode about Malone and Capone. Um, but, yeah, that's probably... Any closing thoughts, bro? That's probably what we have to say about American Graffiti. My closing thoughts, I guess this film has got me thinking about going with your gut. Just going for it. Hmm. A lot of people in this film were kind of mulling over where to take their life. And at the end of the day, each one of them just had to go with their gut. Doesn't matter what you you know you people you can talk a lot. This podcast's a testament to that. Yeah, yeah, I know. But at the end of the day, you just gonna you're gonna do what you feel is right. Of course. So I, I, I always have to. I guess that would be my my closing thoughts. They are my thoughts, and this is closing. Good. What are yours? <sighs> Bet it's something to do <laughs> with our social media pages. No, no, no. <laughs> Take. Every day. Don't say Ste- at a time. What? <laughs> Don't say take every day at a time. No, take every day one step at a time. Hannibal Burris has this joke and he's like, you know, I'm sick of people telling me to take it one day at a time. What have you been doing a week at a time? <laughs> two weeks at a time is bullshit, man. <laughs> he's like, that's how I know someone's having a crisis. That's how I know someone's like... They're taking a week at a time. They're losing their shit when they come up to me and say, you just got to take it one day at a time, man. (laughs) That's when I know (laughs) they're full of crazy. You're crazy, man. But yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, Yes, thank you very much. Ignore us saying um so much and check us out at MIPLTD.org for the website, Instagram, TikTok. We're ticking and we're talking. Um, The Mystery School on Reddit. That's where you're going to find all the things that me and Martin are trying to 
bring to you nice people um along with film talk you know there's going to be music and there's going to be things for you to watch and you know hopefully read and all sorts of different sensual uh treats for you so just keep them peeled damn you've come for a long time there mate uh thank you for, for that a, i'm here for a long time that's right <laughs> thank you for that Heels up in the comments if you've seen the film. Please like and share if you don't mind. And, and we'll see you on the we're gonna other side. We're going to play you out with our 24-7 Studios alumni, Heart Source. And they're very much in line with the music that we've just seen in this film. Their sweet, sweet, smooth sounds of changes. Fantastic.